You're listening to the Exhibitionist Podcast, brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and ProExtra, a wholly owned division of 12 Man Solutions Limited. Hi, and welcome to episode nine of the Exhibitionist, the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we are delighted to have you with us. On this week's episode, we're going to be speaking with Evangeline Morrison, who has recently graduated with an event management degree from Leeds University and has entered the world of exhibitions. And she's got some really interesting things to share with us about her thoughts on what it's like actually getting into the industry. Before we get to that, however, ICE London 2019 has just wrapped up in the last couple of days. Were you there? And what did you see that was really exciting? For those of you who don't know, ICE London is the gaming event of the year, in the UK especially, but actually it's a pretty global event for any company that's involved in any part of the gaming industry, whether that's just producing a game for a number of consoles or a lot of the online casino betting and sporting events that we see. Now, you may not have heard about Gaming 2019, but I'm fairly sure you'll have heard about Gaming or Game London 2018. Last year, there was a whole raft of headlines about the inappropriate use of scantily clad women, pole dancers, and quite a lot of sexually explicit type arrangements across the floor. And the show itself came under quite a lot of criticism, I think at the time as well that the Me Too campaign was quite live, for its sexualization of stand staff and how they were using that to attract customers. Having not seen any of the headlines this year, it's great to see that that hasn't happened. And if you watch some of the highlights videos, it certainly seems that it was quite a lot of a tamer affair this year. But it does bring to mind a question that we are often asked by clients or on workshops with delegates. And that question is, what should we wear at a trade show? And the best advice we can ever give is just wear what your industry wears. Wear whatever is normal for the people that you're going to be meeting. So for example... If you're working in financial services or accountancy, perhaps, and it's still quite a corporate world, and if you went to meet a client in their office, they'd be suited and booted, then really on a trade show stand, it's probably best practice to match what they would there and be wear and be suited and booted yourself. However, if you're working in a more creative industry or if you're working somewhere where it's much more casual and people tend to wear jeans and shirts, then you'll probably get away with being more casual yourself. Uniforms are always an interesting one and uniforms can look great and they're also a brilliant cue for visitors to know exactly who on your stand is a visitor and who's part of your stand squad. So uniforms are a great way of identifying who's who. But just be careful because sometimes those black shirts stood up surrounding a stand can look a little bit like bouncers. We've seen that quite often at a lot of shows. So if you are using a uniform, then just pick it carefully but also it's a great way of advertising your brand and your company as your stand squad walk around the show for the duration that it's open. The other watch out that we would give on uniforms or just clothing in general is quirky is brilliant and quirky will get you noticed, but only if it's relevant to your brand. So for example, if it's the licensee or franchise show and you are working on a stand that's got Scooby-Doo as one of the products that you might be offering, then of course get a Scooby-Doo on your stand or in Scooby-Doo t-shirts. But if it's absolutely nothing to do with your product or service, then it just becomes irrelevant and cliched. It doesn't really add anything, any value. So the basic rule we'd always give on what to wear at a trade show is wear what your industry wears and take your cue from them. 
Most importantly, wear what you're comfortable in and flat shoes are great. I'm 20 years in and I can just about manage to be in heels for eight hours of a show, but it takes some practice. So unless you really are used to standing in heels all day, then flat shoes are definitely better. So I hope that helps. But if you're still struggling on what your identity should be and how you should look at your trade show, why not give us a call and we can help you solve that problem. So on to today's conversation. And as I mentioned, it's with Evangeline Morrison. We first met Evangeline working on a couple of shows where she was getting some work experience during her event management degree. And she was a fantastic asset to the team. And actually, she was a fantastic asset because she challenged me so hard on finding her bigger and better things to do during the show, not just the easy tasks, but it made me really think about delegating and think about the things I could give her to do that would challenge her, but also freed up a little bit of my time as theatre manager. So Evangeline managed to get first, very well deserved in her degree last year. And she's now working for one of the global leading event organization companies down in London as an operations executive. And if you're working as an event organizer, Evangeline's got some especially useful information about how we help young talent into the industry and how we support them better. If you're an exhibitor and thinking, well, maybe this conversation isn't relevant for me, you might have an intern or somebody on work experience within your own business and events can often be quite an easy thing to pass on to them, thinking we'll just give them the tasks that nobody else wants to do. Have a listen to Evangeline and she might change your mind. So we hope you enjoy today's episode and over to Evangeline. So in this week's edition, we are delighted to have some bright new talent on the show in the form of Evangeline Morrison. We've worked with Evangeline on a couple of events with event organisers as she was completing her events management degree at Leeds University. And she's been a fantastic resource in helping us with many of the different problems that seem to arise at trade shows and exhibitions. Just last year, Evangeline went on to score a first in her degree, a very well-deserved first. So welcome to the show, Evangeline. Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you. So, Evangeline, do you want to start by giving listeners a little bit of background of your experience doing your events management degree and your current role? Yeah. So I kind of um, wasn't sure really how to get into events. I wasn't sure whether they, um, my a degree was really needed um, for the event, for event management, really. Um, however, I then had a year out and decided that it was quite hard to get in because no one really gave you that experience because they said you didn't have enough experience um so then I thought well okay let's go for it um many people said you definitely don't need it many people said why not go for it and try it um and also as a degree it opens up many other doors especially like travel um I know that someone in the events industry wanted to move to Dubai and they can't because they don't have a degree so little things like that so I thought right okay I'll go and try for it um and then really I tried at uni tried all different roles because I didn't know as I went through the years I didn't really know what role I wanted in the industry and there's so much variety there um, and different parts of the events industry to try so at uni I volunteered a lot for diff various different roles um, and then as my internship at uni for this sandwich degree I then went to William Reed and did trade exhibitions for uh, 10 months there um, had a really good time relocated down there and it's fab um, and then I then went back to uni for another two years and somehow got myself involved in control rooms at major events um, which is a very 
again, a very, very different side of it all. Um, and that was um, uh, working with a lot of security companies and doing, but that worked really long alongside uni, it worked really well because I was at the weekends and I could travel to and from as well as doing uni on the side. Um, and then from that, and then gone into uh, crewing for sports events, doing their role, uh, routes around around London mostly, mainly. Um, and then I graduated and working as an operations assistant. And in this role we do, it's mostly organising behind the scenes um, and then contact with exhibitors and making sure that they have a smooth experience before they get on site. Um, and then rearranging team requirements from travel to accommodation, creating manuals for the exhibitors to deal with beforehand, and then just overseeing the operational side of the show once you get on site, really. And that's where I am at now. Back to my internship years, really. <laughs> so a huge variety there of the different experiences that you've had during your degree and the work placements that you've been on. But thinking back, what was the first thing that interested you and excited you about working in events? Uh, so naively, I really wanted to become a wedding planner, <laughs> uh, which I soon realised that that was really not me. Um, I, at, in sixth form, I yeah really wanted to become a wedding planner and ended up talking with um, a girl at school whose mum was a wedding venue dresser. I and then I worked with her for a bit, volunteered alongside her, went to her events and did up the wedding venues and thought, no, I really don't want to <laughs> get into this uh, line of work every Saturday and every Friday mostly. Um, and then everyone at school was wanting to go to uni. I thought, well, how do I go to uni but to do events? Um, and it seemed like the natural progression at my school that everyone went to the university. And it was very rare that people chose up otherwise. Um, so I then thought, well, like I said at the beginning, not many people saw the point of going to uni to do events because it was quite a fairly new, it still is quite a fairly new degree. Um, so I had a year out, tried to get experience and like I said, no one, no one offered that experience. It was a hot, well, it was hard to get the experience because people said you don't have enough experience. So then I when that, so I decided to go into uni um, so I deferred my year had that year out and then started um, and I always say that the events industry, events industry course is it's like maths at school you get you get given all the basics and you get taught how to do it and then you leave and it's very very different and once you start working throughout uni you see how you you can't events isn't by the book and you don't do it uh, how they say but it's always there in the back of your mind that you can always pick it up and say I've I've, I've heard of that so I, I know where to go and find it and then it also teaches you the stuff like time management and learning how to deal with your own workload and there's a lot to, to do other than just events um, and then this also being at uni gave me contacts and they also offered so many volunteering roles throughout the years that I could try and um, because I didn't know them from not wanting to become a wedding planner, what I really wanted to go into, you could do all sorts of different things. Um, so it was like, you could do charity balls, you could do, I did Leeds Undy run for cancer research or something, all really daft things um, in all different roles. Um, and then 
it kind of you talk to people and then you get passed around really and I was then put in contact um, with a guy that I ended up doing his he couldn't make one of his roles so I then uh, he I had to go and cover for him and that was in event control rooms and then after that that's how I got into that and then you do a few events for that and you talk to someone else and then that's how they got me into crewing for sports events and then it all kind of just rolled into one and that's how I found that I love the variety of the events industry and the, the constant change of it all and the fast-paced and yeah you you can you can in one role you can have so many different varied tasks and and things like that yeah it's never the same. Yeah I think there's a really important point in there for event organizers and exhibition companies about the struggle that young talent is having actually breaking into the industry and this vicious circle of I can't get any experience because I haven't got any experience and I can't get any experience because no one will give me any work experience. We all started somewhere and I think we all have a responsibility to give really great young talent a foot on the ladder and help them into the industry and welcome them and know that they can add value. And they might even just give us that little bit of outside insight that will really help our events. So um, it's a really interesting point about how young talent finds the experience that they need to build on their skills. And even if it means, yeah, even if it means someone just sitting beside you, and I know it's a bit, it can be hard in events because you never really sit down and, but someone just shadowing you that if they're really wanting to interest, if they have interest in it, just to sit by you and see what you're doing. They don't have to have a role as such sometimes in events. It's just seeing what you do. And I think that's a really important point about the practicalities of events. We can all go and learn the theory and learn about the models and the different planning you can do. But it's not until you're on site at an event and experiencing it and things go wrong that you actually learn how to cope in those scenarios. And when we're on workshops and working with clients, we can talk about the theory and best practices, but actually it's the little anecdotes and the stories of what we've experienced, where things have gone wrong and how we've managed to solve them that really bring things to life and help our clients understand. And that's it, my degree, as much as I loved my degree, if once I finished it, if I hadn't done any work within that degree, and that's why I chose a sandwich course, because if I hadn't have done that work, you don't really get that time. It's like time on the ground. You don't, you, you've got to see it to, to learn it and you've got to be there to to do it so but that's what it gave me so it was and that was going in unfortunately going into companies and saying can I work with you they were more willing once you said I've got a degree well, I'm, I'm doing a degree in events they were more willing to accept you yeah um, even if I mean I could have not had any more experience but just because you said you've got a degree and does, well does it really need you to have a degree to do it no you don't need a degree in events but that's how I got my experience so yeah an easier foot in the door for you yeah so you did quite a lot of work experience during your degree what did you learn during that working experience that really surprised you about the industry oh uh, gosh um the variety um I think my main thing that I learned and people told me was say, always say yes and then work the rest out later that was my that's the, the saying that I've always gone by I was told that very, very early on, and it's so true, especially in events, because you're rarely given that opportunity. And if you say no the first time, you don't really get it again. Um, it sometimes can be a bit like in the acting world, I suppose, <laughs> events in that far that once you've not let them down, but once you've you miss it, and you, it can be even the fact that you can't make that day, you just, you're, you're unavailable, um, and you say no, then 
the next time they'll find someone else and once that person's on the contacts then they just keep using them over and over again and that luckily it's worked for me um but i know some people it it's hard to have that flexibility and say yes but yeah there's a lot of times especially well like william working for william reed i said yes to my contract and thought oh god i've got to relocate <laughs> and i'm 20 and i had to go down to london and yeah that was a shock um and that's probably another thing that i learned you've got to be willing to be flexible on and in events and you've got to be willing to move um and go where the work is because a lot of my jobs have been when i was freelancing the last two years they've been all over the country and if i'd have just said i can't i can't leave my my area where i'm safe um then you wouldn't get you don't get the work um it is far, it's got a far perimeter of events and you've got to get go to it, unfortunately. I think that's another really interesting point that you raise, Anna, watch out for event managers and um, event organisers, that the demands we put on young talent when we're asking them to move away and take up internships in what's quite a frantic, quite high energy, pressurised environment and how different that is for a number of young students who've been used to either being at home or with their friends, the hours that can sometimes go along with the university course, and suddenly we're throwing them into this environment of noise and activity and having to manage lots of different stakeholders and take direction from lots of different people, working in different teams with different approaches and different agendas. So it can be quite a pressurised and quite unusual and strange environment for them to be working in, albeit one that they chose to be in and hopefully will therefore thrive in that environment. And the really resilient young talent will absolutely rise to the challenge and love every activity and, and every bit of work that they can get involved in. But I think it is just something that we need to be aware of, that we are taking people out of what's a quite a safe environment and throwing into them into something that's quite alien. And that's quite a pressure and actually just watching out for their well-being and their health and how they're coping in that situation is really important for all of us yeah and i think but i think it also works the other way around as well because i don't think a lot of i think a lot of events in people in events don't think that young people will do that mm-hmm. and i think they go oh, we won't go for them because actually they're not willing to move well how do you know how do you and give them chance to say if i actually hands up i will move and that's like at first off you might say oh gosh i'm not sure but actually when you do it you're fine i was fine down there yeah um but yeah, it's, it's given that chance, I think, as well. And definitely what we find in this industry is that there are people that just thrive on the buzz of live events and exhibitions who love that pressure, who love seeing something come together, being in a different place every day, working with different people. But it's not for everybody, as we often say to workshop delegates and clients, but finding those people who absolutely love it and thrive on that pressure is just brilliant. And we need to make sure we're keeping them in the industry. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's good. that's definitely something I've learned that it's not for everyone, and a lot of people don't understand what we do, <laughs> and they, yeah, they really struggle when you say you've got a lot of workload on, and it's a very different type of workload to other yeah. people. <laughs> people think you're just arranging nice dinners and cocktail parties, and yeah, actually, standing. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was running cool. around the NEC in Birmingham for fourteen hours a day yeah. in high heels. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, things I've learned. So you're working in consumer events at the moment, Evangeline, but some of your experience has been in the B2B market. Now, I'm going to risk the wrath of many a B2B exhibitor and event organiser by saying that 
B2B trade shows can often be seen as the less sexy sister of consumer shows. Um, I personally wouldn't agree with that at all. I think they're fantastic. Um, but what do you think about that perception? Is it true that B2B trade shows are less sexy than consumer shows? Um, I think on the outside, yes. I think, like you said, I think it can be seen as... as a, but I don't think, especially at the uni, I don't think you get... Then I supplement, that might be also from that organized point that you don't get chance to see that so before i was for it well if i hadn't have gone to william reed i wouldn't have seen trade shows and they don't you don't really get talked about them at school at, sorry school <laughs> university um they don't cover that because but maybe because it's seen as not as attractive um but i think there's a lot of i think there's a lot of scope for young people to come in and change the way bu business to business our exhibitions go um i think at the end of the day we, we all look at there's people that look at there how to make offices interesting or and at the, in the fact in the way trade shows are big meeting rooms i see them as and you've got to try and entice people to come there and have a nice time so i think there's scope for people definitely creative people to get involved with it and just make it a bit more it's interesting what you say there because a few years ago we were at a university and speaking to a group of master's students who were doing marketing. And it transpired that over the five-year sandwich course that they were on, they'd only done one lecture on B2B marketing. And they confirmed that everything they'd done, the course included, had been focused on B2C. So from what you're suggesting, your course was geared towards the sexier and slightly more consumer-orientated side of the industry. It slightly concerns me that these teaching establishments are limiting their students' opportunities within the B2B world workplace. And I think unis need to reassess their offerings to cater for a wider spectrum of event roles that the real world does actually offer students. Well, that's it. And at the end of the day, they, are, they can be seen as consumers because they're the ones that are buying the product of what they're, they're going to the trade show for. They are consumers in that sort of way, but it's not the consumers of, I don't know, like, if you, like for us, a consumer show that we run, they go to there to like buy a gift or something. But at the end of the day, say like the food shows, that the, the trade food shows, they go in there to buy something for their restaurant, but they are buying it. So why is that, why does that not get the same attention as like the marketing psychology for that must be immense. <laughs> look at it in, in that different ways and, and looking at how to encourage that to... Yeah, so it still amazes me after 20 years working in different sales and marketing roles with large organisations that so many companies still focus on the consumer and forget about the intermediary who has to actually sell their product for them. Unless you're going to sell everything online, which is a big job, then you need somebody to buy your products and make it available for the consumer. And yet so much effort and so much investment and time goes into just reaching that end consumer and never actually thinking about how do I get it to that person in the middle? How and why are they going to sell it for me? And how are we going to make it available for the consumer to purchase? It's it's still such a an unknown that lots of companies just ignore. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it, yeah, I think there is. So, if you could give event organisers or exhibition companies one piece of advice that would really help students on placements or interns to make sure that they get the most value out of their project, what would that be? I think it's giving the trust to the individual, the younger, and that, and be, making them contribute to something, um, and giving them a chance and making that contribution that they're seeing that contribution that they're giving valuable, and not just something that that young person said over in the corner. 
or the intern said um, and if they introduce something to their company give them a role and not just right you can do it going to, I, I understand I completely get that everyone needs to do administration those events is full of administration but if you're having if that for especially for an internship why do you want to just show them all the rubbish <laughs> Well, if you want to get them into the industry and bring new talent into the industry, why would you sit there and make them do all the printing? Is there and or just say, oh, you come in just for a bit of a hand? Give them an actual like William Ray. I got given a role, and I got given a, a desk, and it was my. I know people that I went to university with. They were just they were brought in and just put on the side because they were temporary, and they always knew that they were just there for five months or whatever whatever and they didn't really have any involvement or contribution that was valued really um and i think especially we did a lot of university of technology and technology is the way forward and and seeing that what their views are of technology and how they can be in, there's so many positive contributions that can come from the use of technology and seeing what people are using and trusting that younger younger opinion and not seeing as oh we've done we're here we've been here for the longest it works how we run it so it's fine yeah. but it's, how long is it going to be fine for how long does it need to to be static until you change so so it's about really giving you an opportunity to contribute and giving you some accountability rather than just a to-do list of tasks that no one else wants to do mm-hmm, definitely yeah 100 uh, percent yeah and just not and just not being an assistant as in you can use to do all the printing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Evangeline, the theatres I've worked on with yourself, there could have been a number of tasks that you could have done, such as clearing away litter and literature that gets left around the theatre or filling the drinks up for speakers. But do you know what? As theatre manager, that's as much my responsibility as it is yours and it's the whole team's job to make sure that that theatre looks great for anybody stopping by and listening to the theatre programme. I think it's, it's hard as a theatre manager because you might only have met somebody that morning and you've got to build that trust really quickly, but also you've got to give them a chance to push themselves to do some of those tasks that actually you're a little bit nervous about delegating, but give people a chance to learn to get things wrong. After 20 years, I still get things wrong, which is okay as long as you learn. Uh, and to really work on some, some bigger things across the show that are more meaningful than just the tidying up that actually everybody could do and should be doing. So for any theatre managers out there, uh, if you're not encouraging your interns or your work experience students to really get involved in some of the bigger stuff, I can highly recommend it. It's, um, it's amazing to see what they can actually achieve. And certainly from personal experience, Evangeline, you were always hugely enthusiastic and pushing me harder and harder to give you more stuff to do, which was just brilliant to see. So speaking about your enthusiasm, you are really positive about most things in the industry, but there must be something that you really don't like. So what's the worst bit of the job for you? <laughs> so is that a really unfair question to be asking you then? It's a different any every job is absolutely different. Um I think the unpredictability of events is can be quite daunting. Um I know for the first, I when I started this job I experienced my first I, I I was the first time I've ever been overwhelmed by it all and I've never I've done a lot of large events and this one was just quite overwhelming and I did I, that is never a, after how many four or five years of being in it um that was something that hit me that was just on the first day of opening just I sat down and just had a little had to gather myself a bit because it just it was so unpredictable just so unpredictable but it keeps you on your toes um and 
you're always you've got to I don't know can take control but you're you know your limits and and then admit when you you've reached your limit and just say hands up a minute I just need some help um the long hours but that's what you sign up to um and that's what no other person really understands if you don't work in events um and yeah that's what you're take you're undertaking the role and it can be even though you're doing that you're it's so rewarding at the end because you work as a team and if you've got a good team around you um you can look at it you, it's just especially at olympia when you stand at the top of the on the gallery and you can see it all and you think just that's what i've done that's what i've created and if i when i was working um at the olympic stadium when i was in the egress and once everyone's out and on the tube you can look at it and think god we've got an empty stadium now <laughs> we're done and it's so satisfying to look at it and think i've We've just completed that and that was our task and we've completed the task safely and soundly um the planning process i think of events can be can come to sometimes see a bit superficial because you're always you can be sat behind a desk and you're always just you're never really seeing the outcome until the last minute so you're just constantly thinking of these things ordering these things inviting people to this thing that's actually not that's temporary and you build it in a day and you've been what well, you've you worked gosh three months on for it and then you build it in a day people arrive and it's got to be okay and then you put it down <laughs> uh, and that another one especially a trade event or any exhibition the breakdown it's so devastating to watch <laughs> it just be an absolute building tip at the end of what you the stuff that you worked for um yeah and then just i think what i and again what you struggle with is like friends and family of just understanding your job and it's not just party planning yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely <laughs> you're not just writing invites or <laughs> taste menu tasting or <laughs> yeah. uh picking balloons <laughs> you do have to deal with some horrible stuff <laughs> You're absolutely right. The number of people we talk to on workshops mainly who say, I have such a hard time convincing my internal colleagues that I'm not just away for three days on a big jolly. Everybody thinks it's just a trip away to somewhere exotic like Las Vegas or Barcelona. And I get to enjoy all the bars and some beers and the beaches and actually don't realize that you see the inside of a show hall and the inside of a hotel room pretty much for three or four days solid. You've got to talk to hundreds, if not thousands, of random people who may or may not be interested in your business. Yeah. You're on your feet for days. You probably don't get to eat and drink an awful lot. It's really not that glamorous. And even when it gets to nighttime and you should be enjoying yourself, you've maybe got two or three different networking events or show events to get along to. So it's really tough convincing people that actually it's not half as glamorous as it sounds. And I think that's why a lot of people get involved in exhibitions because they think it's going to be this glamorous, enjoyable lifestyle and actually do a couple and think, God, this is really hard work. I'm not sure this is for me. They just still think it's all about party planning and nice dresses and lots of networking drinks. Networking drinks with your friends as well, so it's easy conversation. (laughs) Absolutely, and it's, it's nothing like that at all. And actually what we often find is that when you're working with an event organizer and you've spent months pulling together their schedule and talking to speakers and writing slides and briefing them on when they're going to be there and what they should be wearing and getting the audience involved, it 
all that planning and then you arrive on site and see the build and see everything coming together and that trade show magic that happens the night before a show when suddenly it all comes to life and everything's done and before you know it the show is over in the blink of an eye and actually the day after the show closes and you're thinking was that it and it's a bit of an anticlimax and almost a little bit depressing that it's all over yeah funny talking about that because I was um, one of my floor the floor manager that we use um he's ex um from it well he used to be a fireman and he was saying about how in the fire they always have to do the psychology uh, psychology of the come down and that he said it's exactly the same with events you work up to all these things and a lot of people get ill after the events because you you're all excited over the event and then it suddenly stops and then you that's it there's nothing else there and you you're on to the next one it's like how you've got to remember to deal look after yourself over that time of the come down because yeah I can totally empathize and appreciate that you know after all the years that we've been doing exhibitions you still get in the car and drive away on the last day and thinking yeah good job done but I don't half wish it was three days ago and we were just starting again yeah I can't remember one time when I've driven away from the end of a show and not thought god I wish I could do that all again yeah So to round things off, why would you recommend the events and exhibition industry to young students who are wondering about where they go next with their career? I think the opportunities that are available, there's so many parts to be involved, whether you go and do event management and you come away and want to be a marketer. Um, And I would say see the event management degree as a management role. And I think that's what people forget. You come out and you think, oh, actually, I know quite a few people that I went to uni with actually not interested in events but yet they've got this degree that's it's teaches you a lot and it teaches you how to manage a team and it teaches you and it is a management course and a business course at the same time um and and also i think what uni doesn't teach you is that not all job titles are event management (laughs) it's not event manager not every title needs to be an event manager um there's like I've been route manager, I've been route assistant, I've been control, control, radio controller, they're all involved in events and there's so many different parts which you don't realise even being at an events degree, all the different parts that there are into events and I, I think if you're still a bit wary about what you want to do after, don't worry because there's I, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> um, there's so many different t- roles that you can be involved in um, through it all. You can be involved with the security. You could be involved with communication. It's There's all sorts of different, and that's the great thing about events industry on a whole. There's just so much to get into. Um, and it needs a large variety of skills. So whether you're good at creative, whether you're good at management, whether you're good at directing or organising a route or anything like that, you, you're, you, you're needed. Um, and there is opportunity out there. Um, but you need to be, I think, it's, uh, it's, it's a hard industry. It's, it's hard work, but it's, it's so rewarding, I think. After it all, um, and it's nice that actually when you work on a team with events, everyone is so different. But yet you all have, uh, I know you all have the, your your uh, your result. The result is everyone's goal, and it's nice to be with a load of people that is that goal, the same goal. 
and you yeah. all are working towards it even if you have differences in different views of everything around the world you still want the same thing and it's quite quite nice so i've i've worked with people that are ex-army i've worked with people that are less ex-police force and yeah you're all you somehow come together in events yeah you're all pitching for the same thing at the end of the day well that wraps up all of our questions for today so thank you evangeline for being on the show it's been fantastic to have you as a guest for those of us that have been around the industry for a number of years it's just brilliant to hear some young talent talking about what they find challenging what they find exciting and help us all build on that and make sure that we're helping young people succeed in the industry and providing everything that they need to fly high and be the next generation of leaders so thank you so much we've learned a huge amount in the last half hour and uh, certainly given us some food for thought to go back to event organizers with so thank you once again for your support i know thank you for having me so rather than posting all Evangeline's contact details on our podcast or website, if you want to get in touch with her at all, then please do give us a call or drop us an email and we will pass on your details to Evangeline for her to get back to you. So good luck with everything that you're doing, Evangeline. Uh, you've been a fantastic guest and we will watch your progression through the industry with interest. Thanks once again. <laughs> Thank you. So thanks to Evangeline there and hopefully you found some enlightening content in that conversation about how we can all help support those new interns and work experience and new talent into the industry. So moving on to the next episode in a fortnight's time, and we're actually picking up on something that Evangeline mentioned in her podcast, which is around the post-show blues. And events in general can be a fairly stressful time, particularly in the planning and lead up to them and dealing with the, the stress as those hours become longer and the pressure becomes more intense. So our next conversation is with a lady called Kate Ashley Norman. And Kate is a Thrive consultant who works with organisations to help them deal better with emotional stress, communicate with each other and get stronger results. So she'll be helping us think about how we can react to those stressors at the shows and how we can help each other to get to the right results. If you're struggling with the post-show blues, Evangeline's conversation actually inspired us to write a blog and have a look at what else was available on the web, on the internet, um, about post-show blues and whether it's a common phenomenon. So if you pop over to www.inspiringexhibitors.com, the latest blog will give you eight tips on how to deal with your own post-show blues if you think you're struggling. So that's all for this week's episode. Thank you again uh, for listening. As we've said before, it's great to have so many people tuning in. If there is a topic that you want to cover on the podcast, then please do let us know and we will get out there and find an expert to answer your questions. If you've had a copy of the newsletter, you will know that we have recently started a Facebook group, which is for exhibitors only. So you can be absolutely sure there will be no suppliers or event organizers in that group who are looking to make any commercial sales. But it's a really safe place where you can ask the questions that maybe you have no other forum to get the answers you need. So if you would like to be part of our Facebook group and you are an exhibitor, then by all means, get in touch and we will send you an invite to join that. As always, you can link in with myself, Nicola Reader, or Steve Reader via LinkedIn, or follow us on Twitter at ProExtraCo. So hope you have a great couple of weeks planning for your trade show campaigns for 2019, and we'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. If you'd like more information about our book, The Exhibitionist, future podcasts and newsletters, please remember to pop over to inspiringexhibitors.com where you'll be able to find all the relevant information. Once again, thank you for listening.